I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm I'm about to hit that red button. Do it. The world just blew up because I hit the red button. G money. Mark. I already did it. Yeah, but you did it at the exact same time as me. So do it again. Why does that matter though? G money. Because then it will overlap and it'll make it very hard to sync us both up if we did it at the same time. But aren't they different (laughs) tracks? I don't understand how this works. You don't have to worry about it. Just trust me that it would be annoying for me. Okay. Should I do it a third time just to be sure? No. G money. Anyway, I need to send you a picture. Oh no. This is this is my introduction for today. You will appreciate oh, this yes, picture. Yes, the classic visual media on an auditory. No, you. This is worth it. People like this isn't going to be a crazy difficult thing to explain. Oh, I have to explain the picture. No, you don't need to explain it. You can just uh, give a very brief description of what you see. Freaking big yikes! Okay, here we go. I got. Oh, daddy, it's a pizza. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate you. I should have eaten a snack before. I ate a snack, but then we talked too long, and I'm hungry again. <laughs> This was our second ever homemade pizza. Oh my this is the god, one the crust I, is glistening. This is the one that I spread out <sighs> on my own. Um I, I was very patient in mm. just try I was I was very intentional this time. I was like, I want a proper crust. I want this to look like the kind of pizza that I want to eat, you know? <sighs> so I took great care and then at the end, yes, it is glistening because Aaron w- insisted on making a garlic buttery blend similar yes. to like Pizza Hut. <laughs> Way to go, Aaron. Uh, so yeah, it was really good. Um, I was very happy with how it turned out. This time we used parchment paper as well, which helped to maintain the shape in that the dough did not try to fold over on itself as we tried to put it on the pizza stone, which Smart. happened last weekend. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, it was... It was met with great success, and I was very happy. Nice. You should give Aaron a fist bump on my behalf for the garlic butter crust. It it was probably a wise decision. I can just tell from the picture. So. I will. Good. We we went back and forth on it slightly, not because I particularly disagreed. Aaron just, I think, for a brief moment was like, no, nah, I don't really feel like doing that, and then realized that she actually really did want to do that. <laughs> yeah, smart. Yeah, it was great. Weekend was good. The other thing that I did this weekend was I I traversed the length of the city on Saturday morning. Oh, wow. I had committed to myself that I wanted to walk to Golden Gate Park because I have not visited it before. And Aaron had plans with a couple friends to go to like some farmer's market um, <laughs> up along the um, in like a market area a little bit north of where we are. And so she had gone and she was doing that. And then I went due west across the city to go to Golden Gate Park. It was about an hour and a half walk. And I got to the park. and It was great. It was so nice to just be in like this big uh, green area. Uh, that that nice. doesn't do it justice. I don't know if you're familiar at all with Golden Gate Park because I was not. I didn't know it existed until no. Aaron moved here. But I'm th- not familiar. Yeah. I, I th- assume there's a bridge there. Uh, no. Wait, what? It's not quite where Golden Gate Bridge actually is. But uh, that's unimportant. Can you see a bridge from there? 
Uh, I'm sure if you went far enough west. So let, let me explain the geography of this place. First of all, the reason people don't know about it, I assume, is because San Francisco has many other notable spots worthy of, you know, discussion that, that have become a bit more famous. But Golden Gate Park is actually larger than Central Park. I think it's the largest public park in the country. Wow. As in, like, obviously, like, you know, national parks or whatever don't really count there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it is, like, 1,100 acres. It's, like, a, a it's about a half mile wide and three miles long okay. with the length running east-west. So I came in on the east side and made it maybe a mile into the interior. I did not try and walk all the way to the opposite side where the ocean would be. Maybe maybe another time, but this was, this was not the time to do that. Um, and it's a it's very similar to Central Park in that it's just a lot of um, winding paths throughout and various just, I guess, just things that you can go see, various gardens and a couple museums. There's, like, randomly tennis courts in there. There's a Ferris wheel that I found. Uh <laughs> <laughs> apparently somewhere there are buffalo which i did not find uh but yeah it's it's just this big open green space that has about six times longer than it is wide and it was just very lovely hmm. so so yeah picture like balboa park where we went to in san diego uh, it's nothing like that mm-hmm. so Perfect. <laughs> I have a exact picture in my head. Nothing like that. Uh, but yeah, it was just fun. The, I uh, I realized on the way back a sort of way to explain what I what I was actually doing that day, walking straight across the city, is I was doing what you do with a with a dog when you move, where you walk it around the edge of its property. Oh my god. This is like my this was sort of my version of that in a sense of like I am doing this everywhere? No. Um yeah, it it felt like this was what I needed to be like, no, this is where I live now. Hmm. Because the immediate area where I normally walk around, I am incredibly familiar with because, you know, I spent a couple months with Aaron this winter. And I visited on many occasions, and we typically stay in the same area. It's very sort of like, you know, northeast Minneapolis vibe in a sense of like it's a lot of young people who are either in college or just out of college because they're, you know, grad students or med students or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it, it's very new. It doesn't have like a San Francisco vibe in the in the immediate area, um, at least in terms of like the architecture around here. Mm-hmm. So so it's easy to become pretty familiar with it. I do like it here, but it you know I wanted to expand my horizons a bit because like it's a big interconnected city. You can walk straight across it, even though there's also an entire freeway system <laughs> that exists in the interior of the city. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just like this this act of let me get used to this place. You know, let me show myself that I can walk across here at least you know at ten a.m. Uh, and feel pretty comfortable doing so. So it was very, a very nice way to spend the day. Nice. I'm glad you enjoyed your day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so I was wondering for you, 
even though I know you don't live actually in Chicago, do you ever like in your couple of years now living there, have you gone like into the city much on your own to do things? No. No? Okay. <laughs> what at all costs? <laughs> I wasn't People sure if there would be some draw, even like going to the lake or something would be a draw for you. I don't know. Only when like I like I've only really gone to the city when I have people here who aren't normally here. Like mm-hmm. if I have like someone visiting for the weekend and we want to like go see the art museum or like go to I don't freaking know what else. <laughs> um, Some of the other museums. <laughs> yeah. Other museums are like. Yeah, I've only honestly, <laughs> I can count the number of times that I've been in Chicago proper on one hand, I think. And that's not just like since moving here. I think that's in my entire life. And I have visited Chicago proper twice, like before moving here. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, did you went on the wind trip, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm sick. Maybe it's six. Mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to count through all of them in my head, but I'm not remembering for sure. But yeah, I, I don't go downtown much. Mm. Um, cause I don't like need to, and I don't know. I, I'm not a huge like city lover. Yeah. Like I get some of the appeal, but I think a lot of it just like, I'm not used to being in cities. And (laughs) so like the appeal is more outweighed by just kind of like, I don't totally get how all these things work. Okay. It's not just like instinctual for me of like, oh, how do I get around a city? Which yeah. is just like something super simple and stupid, but it's also just like, eh, it's just a little bit of a hassle hurdle that I would rather not deal with. Or just like, it's one it's one grain of sand on the pile that is just like reasons why I don't go there. Mm-hmm. No, that totally makes sense. And like, especially in the context of, you know, I'm not a big city person either, but at least I went to college right near one and would sometimes go in and you didn't even have that by a long shot yeah (laughs) and and also you know yeah i've spent a similar like three number of times in in chicago and uh, it's definitely very different than um san diego for example like i was never in downtown san diego and even downtown san diego is a pretty chintzy downtown area because mm-hmm. there's, it's literally right by an airport. There are legal limitations on how tall buildings can even be there, um, no. and it's right on the ocean. So it's it's a very different vibe, of course. But the like greater like San Diego area, which I think is probably, I don't know if it's bigger than like that the proper Chicago area, but it definitely has like more of a suburban sprawl, so immediately surrounding it than Chicago does. I would assume. Um, but like, you know, like Balboa Park and the zoo and that whole stuff like that's in San Diego proper. It's like five minutes from downtown, but it's a completely different world from downtown. Mm-hmm. There's whole different pockets in San Diego and San Francisco is its own crazy set of microcosms like that. Where as you are walking across the city, if you look at a map of San Francisco, you will see at least 10 if not 20 or 30 like neighborhoods of varying sizes varying between like oh this neighborhood that is a recognized like sort of like cultural microcosm is like maybe a few blocks by a few blocks 
you know, and it's part of this mm-hmm. larger neighborhood area. And, and it's just a very interesting place where you can actually get a sensation of where you're at. You, you, you walk down one more block and you're like, oh, I really am in a completely different part of the city, aren't I? Mm-hmm. And, and kind of getting a feel for that is very interesting. You know, the overall city experience is not necessarily for me, but I can totally get the appeal of, for me at least, like, oh, maybe I'll finally go buy a bike again. And then I can go bike through the city much faster and get mm-hmm. to like these park areas that I would that I much more enjoy. Mhm. So, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. I'm so freaking hungry right now. <laughs> I hate that you showed me that pizza. I thought I was so satisfied with my sad little snack before we started talking, <laughs> and now it is so insufficient. Well, whenever you're able to make it out here, I'll make you pizza. Oh gosh. Oh. I just remembered I have a frozen pizza in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> what brand? Can't do it. Uh, the one I always buy, I don't know what brand it is. Hmm. It's the one in the one freezer case of the grocery store. <laughs> that's sad that that's how I know where what it is. I don't even know what brand it is. Is it Home Run In? Because I feel like that's the one you've told me about before. It's Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. That feels right. Okay. Nice. Let's Google what their pizzas look. No, I shouldn't Google any more pictures of pizza. <laughs> That's a bad idea. <laughs> See, we're learning here. We're learning here. That's right. That's what this podcast is about: learning and growth. Goodness gracious! Great balls of fire. Mm-hmm. You remember that show? Show at a uh, the um, what was it? Which theater was that? In Chicago on the wind trip, we saw that show where oh it was my like gosh. Johnny Cash. Heck yes, Elvis. Heck and yes, Jerry Lewis. Yeah. I thought about that recently too, and I don't remember what was was it called like the. I think the it was the show. Apollo. Oh, oh, the greatest show on earth, or something like that, or the or the greatest. I don't remember. Let me look it up. It was something. Um, that was a good show. show. Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis. It is called the Million Dollar Quartet. Yeah, that was so good. I think that was one of the first times that I, like, saw, like, performers and was, like, flabbergasted, which is, like, like, dang. Like, they they can do their stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, like, I saw, like, great, like, bits of, like, acting and stuff, but, like, it never registered until that moment where I was like, whoa, these people are actors and they, like, play these instruments, like, really well. Yeah. Or maybe they're musicians that, like, acted well. I don't know. But, like, it was freaking crazy. Yeah, that, that was very fun. That was, I mean, that, that whole trip was very funny when you kind of got this insight into, like, who planned what parts of this trip? See, you thought way more about these sorts of things than I do. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about it after the fact because, right, because Mr. E went with us, right? Oh, uh, yeah. And so yeah. there was, like, you know, we went to this show. We went to Andy's Jazz Club. Oh, yeah. Uh, I specifically remember that because Mr. E sat at a table with Andy and I. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, which was super fun. Like, if you're going to sit next to Mr. E for something, like, being at the jazz club when he's just, like, the chaperone who's not in charge of the band. Like, it's such a chill mood with him. (laughs) Sounds great. But then we also go to, like, you know, the symphonic orchestra. (laughs) 
<laughs> were were we there on on uh St. Patrick's Day? It was that weekend, yeah. Yeah, when the yeah, the river was green and cuz I yeah. remember Andy specifically made us when we were at Navy Pier. Um when we did like a brief stop there and you know everything was closed cuz it was all cold on the outside. So we were all just like trying to get food on the inside and I don't remember who who I was with. But I went to a place called like American Dog or something like that and they had <laughs> hot dogs from around the country. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, or hot dogs, you know, they had a Chicago dog and then hot yeah. dogs based yeah. on either hot dogs or popular sandwiches. So they had like a Philly mm-hmm. dog that was like a Philly cheesesteak, except it was a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy specifically did not get anything because all he wanted to do was go to McDonald's. We could get a shamrock shake. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I just need to make a opinion of mine knowing that I normally keep quiet but i just like it's been welling up within me and i need to say it shamrock shakes are trash (laughs) i i have no skin in this game i don't think i've ever had one i just needed to say it i'm sorry but in i mean in general i think that mcdonald's ice cream is like really bottom tier among all fast food restaurants yeah yeah. i I haven't been to a burger king in a long time but i can't imagine burger king's any worse Mm -hmm. because like you know a McFlurry is just a mass-produced version of any other company's, like, proper mix-in ice cream option. Mm-hmm. And you get, like, two options in, like, a tiny little cup. And they suck. I mean, they taste fine, but, like, you know. With some bizarre like, freaking do, do I just want Oreo spoon. and vanilla ice cream? Yeah, with a crazy spoon. And so I can't imagine a Shamrock Shake would be fantastic. No, if all freaking... I wanted was mint, then I'm sure it'd be good. Yeah. But wouldn't it be amazing? Fucking marketing BS. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> I swore again. <laughs> I, I did it censored again. myself like four <laughs> times in the past minute, and then that one comes out. The one that wasn't even good. <gasps> Grant has brought Imogen Quest by Olivia Walsh. Uh, we have a... Uh, looks sort of like a, a short man, perhaps a young man, uh, standing up at, standing up on the clouds, not really before the pearly gates because there are no gates in, in show, but there is a man standing at a sort of podium in front of him on the clouds. And the man at the podium is saying, we kept track of your every thought during your time on earth, mortal. And he holds up a pie chart in his hand as he continues here is a breakdown of the data. And we zoom in on the piece of paper with the pie chart and the person at the podium's nose sticking in. Oh, wait, that's not his nose. That's his hand holding it. Ah, <laughs> look, it looks exactly like his nose, though. It uh, does. It does. I give you that. Anyway, the piece of paper is labeled percent of total thoughts. We have the largest section, which constitutes... Um, somewhere around 67%, I would say. It's it's probably around two-thirds, maybe a little less. That says, why isn't anyone liking my link? And the next one, which is maybe like, I don't know, like a sixth or whatever, uh, is, I could do that too if I got eight hours of sleep at night. 
And the next one is just a little bit smaller than the previous wedge that says, I bet they are planning a surprise party for me. And the last one, a small sliver, says, other. Would you like to read the featured comment, Grant? I will in a minute. I just want to say, you did a wonderful job reading that, and I really don't want this to overshadow it, but can we take a quick break? Because my nose just started bleeding. And yeah, was, there's you, blood you were sounding a little place. stuffed up. Go for it. Yeah, I'm just going to leave for a minute, and I'll come back hopefully sooner rather than later when uh, my nose stops bleeding. Sorry about this. Godspeed. Okay. Talk to you soon. Oh, shit. <laughs> You did a wonderful job uh, describing this comic, Mark. Well, thank you. Oh, yes. The the featured comment, which is quite insightful, and I think really gets at the root of uh, the the deep meaning behind this comic is, ha, so true. <laughs> classic comic. A real classic. <laughs> classic Go Comics comment. By Quainy in Dove. <laughs> that just makes me mad. I'm not going to lie. Maybe that's just like... We better not have been the one who liked this comment. Uh, I'm not even logged in right now. Okay, good. I'm going Any... to, though. Oh, Jesus Christ. You better not freaking like it. No, I'm going to comment. Oh, no. Yeah, we got to become the top comment. What should my comment be? Anything would be better than "ha, so true." Okay, fine. Uh, we spend a hundred percent of our time wondering why more people don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> Do you think that would get our comment like removed or something if someone came across it? <laughs> I don't know. What kind of moderation does Go Comics have? Uh, you can. Flag a can, comment. Uh, you can flag. And when it, I, I click know. that, oh, I clicked it. Something happened. Uh, <laughs> Did you just report Queenie to Lowe? Well, it didn't come up with an option. It just turned it red, and then I unflagged it. Oh, okay. Okay, that's not a good one. I need a different comment. What should my comment be? Um, you should spend that other time thinking about our podcast. <laughs> if you got eight hours of sleep a night, you could listen to our podcast too. we'll Uh, throw a surprise party for anyone (laughs) just email us (laughs) low key i want to comment that (laughs) okay i did the comment that sounds wonderful anyway mark (laughs) after this uh jokey jokey fun time that we've just had i I need to double down on jokey jokey fun time i'm going to tweet (laughs) Oh my god. Tweet we haven't tweeted in so if... long. No, no, I've been tweeting recent episodes for a few weeks now. Oh. Yeah. It's just how much I follow our Twitter. Tweet at us if you want or need <laughs> a surprise party. Is that sad or nice? Hashtag surprise party. <laughs> 
watch this, this is, goes viral this is how Twitter and we works, spend the right? rest of and we spend the rest of our life planning surprise parties for people. Should I like link the comment or the comic as like a little like spoiler for the episode? Oh, do it. Is that is that how Twitter works? I don't know how Twitter works. Our comical star Twitter is my only Twitter account. <laughs> WTF? Someone messaged us. Wait, what? Probably a bot, but yeah. Oh, I never noticed that. Oh, definitely, yeah. Sweet. What'd they say? It's a it's a bot. <laughs> hey, Comical Start, it's great to connect with you. I've got loads happening this year. New album, new book, and lots more. Feel free to connect with my other socials, and I'll follow back. I'm at, and then, like, all his social links. <laughs> awesome. Some Somebody in the UK. Oh, James, the James Kennedy guy? Yeah. I think he's real. Oh, he's verified. Oh, sh**. Yeah, I remember him doing that. Who is he? I think he's like a musician or something. Why did he like us? I don't know. I don't know how Twitter works. What what is our connection with him? I mean, there's no there's no actual connection. That's why I think it's a bot. I don't know. Let's see how many followers he has. Like he is verified. Like it's a person. Wait, what the? Fuck? Yeah, he's like does a real he just person. Like, does he just like rebel music, rebel words? He's got to have just like a bot set up to do this, though. Probably. Because how the hell would he found us? I don't know. Hey, he has like 316,000 followers. Yeah. What the? F- anyway, we'll see well, if anyone needs a check mark. I need uh, a check mark. You need to have a lot more followers than us. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, when are we like going back online, by the way? What do you mean? I'm ready. I sent my tweet. Oh, okay. Or are you going to. I was just like wondering from like language, like what were you going to edit out? Oh, I don't know. I'll decide that when I'm editing. <laughs> okay, we'll see how many times you're willing to bleep me. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, it's your anyway. comic. <laughs> yes, sorry, I was taking a sip of water. I had to... Uh. I was getting parched out of anticipation. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, now that we're done with uh, Laugh, haha, Fun Time or whatever, and haha, Fun Time Part 2, let's get to the real meat and potatoes of this comic. So here you can see... Uh, in this comic that some someone's making a decision based on data that they have. I think that every day or like these days, like decisions are being like more and more driven by data or like you're expected to have data or reasons or whatever mm-hmm. for making decisions and stuff. In theory. Yeah, in theory. But I've also noticed that I feel like data is great to have when it's good data. Mm hmm. But, like, if you got unreliable data, like, is it worth it? And so I was just kind of, I don't know, I've been thinking about data and decisions a lot recently. And I'll start by asking you an obnoxiously abstract question. Then I will follow it by defining a term or two in my question to narrow the discussion. And then I'm just going to let you, we'll see where you take it. Okay? Plan? Mm-hmm. So, Mark. Would you rather, if you are having to make a decision, make it and have bad data that you can use to base your decision on or no data? My clarification here is when I say bad data, I do not mean data that reaches an undesirable conclusion or something. I mean data that is 
flawed and or like unnecessary or like almost uselessly imprecise. For example, if I said Mark is five foot six inches tall plus or minus a foot and a half, that is bad data in my opinion in this context. Do I know that the data is bad? You can make that decision for yourself if that will influence no, your no, answer. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. So if I know that the data I am obtaining is bad, then I'd rather have it if only for the laughs. <laughs> but, like, I can always then just say, like, well, like, that was that was, that was fun. But, like, I, I basically have no data. Like, realistically, if I know the data is bad, then uh, as a good scientist type person... I would say that those are two equivalent scenarios. Bad data is no data. Interesting. Okay. So so you don't think that there's any use in knowing that you're five foot six plus or minus a foot and a half? Well, I mean, you didn't ask me what question was, but you, you literally said in the premise that the whole thing, that by bad data, you mean unhelpfully imprecise. Like the the definition that you gave me said it was data that was bad in a way that was purposefully unhelpful to making the decision. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, of course it's not helpful because you told me that. <laughs> God dang it. You know, if the question was, is Mark, you know, how many people are here are more than zero feet tall, then yeah, I assume your da- that data is helpful for that answer. But in my opinion... Bad data is useful when you can determine that it's bad data and then figure out how you obtain that bad data and fix that process. I should have further clarified bad data just to make sure we're on the same page. I'm not meaning bad data is in like it's necessarily wrong. I just mean it's like vague data, I guess. Large uncertainties, small sample size, stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, but I I still kind of stand by that like in that case then there was some you know if all you're saying is I have the data or I don't have the data I'd rather have the data but again just to kind of look at it and be like oh yeah that's cute I guess you know I'm asking a question about grasshoppers across several states and I obtained a single grasshopper from each state or something and measured them using you know, measured their wings using the length of an eraser as a unit or something like that, you know, something dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course that's unhelpful, but it would be kind of funny just to see, I guess, but I would disregard it ultimately. Do you think realistically? And, and state that, that, like, this is a guess, whatever decision I'm supposed to be making based on the size of a three grasshoppers' wings. Uh-huh. Do you think in your real life, realistically, that's how you approach things when you make a decision and only have poor quality data? I mean, most of the time, I don't have any data. Like most of your life, most of the decisions you make, well, I suppose I don't want to make that strong of a qualifier. Dang it. The, <laughs> can't catch me that quick. Uh, in terms of quick decisions or like i guess the main, where my mind went with that comment was like interpersonal decisions or like decisions about okay the future direction of your life sort of a thing you yeah. have zero data like it's impossible to obtain data but if you're like buying things you can get data 
and you have to sort of make a judgment call then on how good do you think the data of Amazon reviews <laughs> plus like slightly more maybe independent review sites are mm-hmm. but like you don't know like you kind of have to intuit that as best you can by sort of doing meta reviews then of like okay what do people oh, wow. what were people's reviews of these review sites jeez right mark getting to gold standard meta reviews wow <laughs> uh somebody's been hearing about medical journals uh, i'm very well versed in the ways of science am i right or wrong in what have you been hearing about medical journals what do you mean your concept of meta review it seems uh frighteningly similar to a meta meta analysis which i feel like is quite common of medical research well I, I think it's common in a lot of things like yeah i in like science courses that i took in college we would learn about meta analyses of uh, pieces of research like i took an environmental biology course and so that's going to be full of meta analysis of climate research papers for example because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like nowadays the more interesting thing since mm-hmm. the science itself has become a political issue now we have to sort of try and be like can we beat the politicians one abstract level up <laughs> and talk about the broader view of the the research sort of a thing yeah but yeah like so yeah in terms of like some decisions you can try and get data and it'll almost inevitably be somewhat bad data or biased data in a certain way but that's yeah that that's life I don't necessarily think of everything in terms of like, ooh, I have these pieces of data. Now let me try and do something with them. But I I do try and collect a lot of data before I make what feels like a semi-important decision. You know, that typically scales with money that I'm spending on something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I did a fair amount of review before I bought a TV. Yeah. Slight pivot here, Mark. So rather than making a decision in your own life, you are now communicating and discussing with somebody else about a decision or something and you both there is data that exists and you are both discussing the decision in context of the data that exists or lack of data that exists i'm noticing now as i think through the example in this example would you rather have poor quality data or no data? And st- I will allow you... You, to- you change that setup several times. What even? Yeah. What example are we even talking about? Are you talking about as an example that we've discussed so far? You're communicating with another person now. It's not just a decision okay. that you are making so, in okay, a vacuum. You and I are talking about something. We're talking about what? Give me a concrete uh, example. We're talking about if ice cream gives you pimples. Okay. Okay. And your options are to have this discussion with some not great data mm-hmm. or no data. Well, again, I'm going to choose the not great data because I think that talking about not great data is way more fun. Because if we're talking about no data, it I mean, we can't literally have no data, at least in this particular example, because we're both people and we both either think that ice cream causes pimples because of our own personal experience or we don't 
So there's already at least an N equals one piece of data for each of us, which is our own experience, right? Mm-hmm. But you could just argue that that's bad data or not. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like um, if the data is... What can I assume? Can I assume that I'm arguing with like a, a, a someone familiar with the ways of science, such as yourself? Or... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're uh, talking yeah. with a because because I think that many people either take data that they don't understand and misrepresent it because they don't understand the process, or mm-hmm. they know that it's or eh, maybe it's not. Maybe it it sucks either way. I, I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's worse chancing that someone can, like, maliciously misrepresent bad data mm-hmm. or not, or, or, like, or unintentionally misinterpret the data because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. I don't know which of those is worse. But at least if someone is maliciously doing it, in theory, even though, again, if they're maliciously doing it, they just ignore this argument, but I could at least attempt to make the argument that no, your data sucks and you can't draw any conclusions from it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably depends on the question. I feel like I'd have to be be told. In, in the in the in the ice cream and acne one, that was a bad example. I should have just gone with vaccines. <laughs> yeah, but you, but vaccines isn't that much different because again, like it sort of comes down to personal experience in a sense. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, it's it is definitely an <laughs> issue. I'm so confused. What? I think when I said vaccines, I meant like vaccine autism stuff. I don't know what you interpreted me saying that as, but uh, I don't know. I feel like the anti-vax movement has gone way past uh, worrying that, worrying about it's causing autism versus it just being a like generic bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I have a pretty strong sense that the people who were worried about autism were uh, have morphed to become indistinct from those who are also worried about being microchipped by Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we've we've lost any mm-hmm. distinction between those two groups mm-hmm. at this stage. Mm-hmm. So, so it doesn't even matter. It's just you are either against vaccines for insert any number of reasons that you have found for yourself or you are not (laughs) Mm -hmm. against them so in either case that's that's what i mean by it kind of comes down to personal experience where it's like well i know that i've been vaccinated and most people that i know have been vaccinated everything seems to be going just fine hippo though dude you don't know they've been vaccinated you know, Maybe you're the only chump them. that's been getting vaccinated. Maybe. Could be. But if I lucky. am, uh, yeah, I'll take my N equals one luck. Same way that I'll take my luck that I don't get ice, that I don't get pimples for my ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if it turns out you're not... No, nah, I'm going to shut up now. Especially in the case of vaccines. This is one of those things. Like, Yeah, if, if I'm going against someone on a topic that has reached the point like vaccines has it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what i have i guess i might as well take no data because it's not like they have any either it it doesn't matter the, the, but the less that something matters and the less actual argument there's likely to be about it 
the more I would find fun in having the bad data. Okay. But that's like more of an academic exercise of like, it would be fun on like, oh hack, if I like compiled some really bad data and gave it to Jack and Mikhail and was like, let's argue about this point, but you're only allowed to use this data to support oh your reasoning. God. Like that would be a very fun intellectual exercise that, that can be done miserable. in good faith. <laughs> that sounds, and that sounds like, have you guys done that before? That sounds like exactly no. something you guys would do. No, we haven't, but now it's in my mind. Uh, and Mikhail will hear this too eventually. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, if it does, if the, if the argument doesn't matter, then sure, let's take the data. If it matters, if the argument that, if the thing that I'm arguing about matters, then whether I have data seems to matter less today. Mm-hmm. But I can always take it and choose not to use it, I suppose. Like, but I you, guess I might as well take the bad data. If you take it, the other person knows it. Sure. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because it's like then we're either arguing on like strange moral ground or we're arguing on like bad math, bad science grounds. And which would you rather do? I don't know. Like it doesn't I'd be frustrated no matter what. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'd just be frustrated no matter what I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'd flip a coin each time and just see what I end up with. You figured it out. Hmm. You're going to be frustrated no matter what. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Speaking of being frustrated, do you want to listen to me read your comic out? See, you brought Junk Drawer this week by, uh, oh, we'll make you real fruck, fruck, frustrated (laughs) by Ellis Russen. In the scene, we have uh, a, a a generic greeting card aisle with tiered storage of cards for various occasions. Standing in front of them is a honestly kind of short man with a uh, with a long cloak and a flowing beard and a crown atop his head, presumably a king. Standing in front of cards, looking at them, slowly reaching out towards uh, a section of the the wall of cards. This section of cards is labeled, going to war. To the right, birthday. To the left, get well. Looks like a king's going to war today. Uh, is he going to get a card for everyone in the kingdom, Mark? Prescott Philosopher wants to know. I want to know if you can identify the main thing that you got incorrect in that reading. I want you to identify which thing that I did on purpose to piss you off. We should have like five, we should, we should talk about this, like five dialogue style. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) Okay. Like Plato, you know? Okay. Um, well, I'll just go out on a limb on the main thing that I, that I feel like you purposely got wrong. Nobody looks at the comics, Mark. They won't know. Okay, so that confirms it. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. And I, the other thing that you did was also mispronounce their last name, I would assume. Yeah. I was almost oh, described the dude as Santa with a crown. <laughs> that would be very misleading. <laughs> well, because it's black and white, so you can't tell. It, it might be red. His, like, coat. Cause it's yeah, like, but not his beard like... and his hair. 
maybe he's Ginger Santa. <laughs> I didn't even notice that part. Wait, is his coat the same color as his hair? What color is his coat? What kingly brown. coat color is a hair color? Kings don't wear brown coat. They wear like purple. They do when they're going to war. I thought they wore like, I don't know, like freaking green or something. Or they don't even wear coats. They wear freaking silver armor because well, they're he's not rich. wearing a coat. Yeah. He's wearing a robe or a, or a, okay. a robe, a, a cape of sorts. A cape. No capes. A shawl. <laughs> anyway, I was curious. What kind of a greeting card kind of guy are you, Grant? Oh, bad. Yeah. What do you mean by what kind? Like, how do I buy them? Like, what types do I buy? Like, yeah, all the above. Like, do do you like mm. do you like getting them for people? If you do get them, what's your sort of default mode? No. <laughs> um. No, you don't like them, or you just don't do it. I I'm not a huge fan of getting them because I feel like. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a crappy person. I feel like they're just like money in a toilet. Mm -hmm. Because like, I don't know. I like, I just always wonder like, okay, how much enjoyment does someone get out of the aesthetic beauty of this card? Because that's what you're paying for. Like if I wanted to make like a heartfelt, like have a heartfelt at a distance interaction with someone via a written medium, I feel like I could do it a lot better for free in the same amount of time mm. as it takes me to pick out a card. But it will be aesthetically orders of magnitude less pleasing. I don't know. Like, I have certain people in my life who, like, I, I do still buy cards for and stuff. But, like, I know what they want out of it. And so I know how to, like, tailor my purchase. Like, mm-hmm. my father, I know what kind of cards to get him because I know that he is somewhat financially minded and the prices are written on the back if i buy a card that's too expensive there will be a comment about there probably won't be a comment about it but there was certainly a time where i was worried there would be a comment about it Mm -hmm. and so i find something that is heartfelt and meaningful but also inexpensive because he values that and he doesn't really care as much about the like aesthetic beauty he doesn't need the freaking voice box that sings at you i mean those are very terrible objectively unless it's pocket full of sunshine that's a great one (laughs) Uh. i got a pocket got a pocket full of sunshine (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get like copyright claimed for that now probably not okay sweet (laughs) 